you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, December 27th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. That's Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Don't worry, Kyle Brandt. He's going to be here in the third hour of the show. He's currently uptown in New York, hanging out with Nate Burleson, a name you know and love, telling America on CBS this morning about NFL 360 presents Who, If Not Us. It airs again tonight on NFL Network at 8 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, that's a project that we have been hearing a lot about over the last couple months. It's very near and dear to Kyle's heart. Uh, The network is really proud of what they put on. It's about the Ukrainian Football League, the players, and the soldiers they have become now in the last couple months. Yeah, the three of us have seen the documentary. It's incredible. If you haven't, watch it tonight. But uh, Kyle's going to be doing a little promotional job for the NFL Network over on CBS. But stick with us as well. He's coming in a little bit. Yeah, he'll tell you about it. He's coming. He's coming. But in the meantime, Kyle's not here, so what should we do? Time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's get to some highlights. The Chargers played last night, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Chargers win this game 20-3. Brandon Staley is able to keep the troops together amidst so many injuries, and now he's heading to the playoffs. Staley, Herbert, let's hear what these guys had to say after the game. I think it's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Uh, This is not our final goal. Uh, We expect it to be at this point. Um, I'm really proud of how this season has gone for our football team and, and what we've been able to demonstrate in order to make it into the postseason. Um, that's probably what I'm most proud of, not just being in it, but how we made it. I think it's a great sign for all the hard work that we put in this year, and, and we've definitely dealt with our adversity, our fair share. Um, but, you know, the story of the day was the defense stepping up big time, getting those stops, and, um, you know, there's plenty of room for improvement for our offense. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good sign for us of, of things to come. Okay, week 16 is come and done. And after last night, the Chargers hang on to the sixth seed in the AFC. More importantly, though, they clinch a playoff berth. For the first time in Justin Herbert's career, for the first time in the last couple of years, here it is, AFC playoff picture. Bills still hanging on the left side of the screen. The higher the seed, more important seed you have, the bigger picture you get. That's where the logos (laughs) sit right now. Yeah, the Chargers work. And there is lurking on the far right. Brandon Staley and the Chargers are like namaste in the postseason. Get what I'm saying? You see yoga at a head coach. A lot of yoga. A lot of yoga (laughs) last night. All right, what do we think about these postseason-bound Chargers? Frankly, the way this season started for them, guys, we may not have seen this coming, but they secured that with a win over a limping Colts team. Yeah, you know, week three they lost to the Jaguars 38-10 to at home. And it's like, here come the same old Chargers. Um, Week four they barely got by a Texans team that was just beyond anemic. They escaped a close one against the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. They had to go to overtime to beat the Broncos, the Broncos who just fired their coach yesterday. And then the nadir of the season, October 23rd, they're at home, and the Seahawks come in and beat them 37-23. to 37 points, Geno Smith looking like the MVP candidate that he was at this point in the season in Week 7. And at this point, 
Chargers were four and three, and they had nothing on the field. Uh, Keenan Allen was hurt. Mike Mike Williams was hurt. Bosa, who's still not out there, was hurt. Uh, you, Herbert obviously was still in pain from the week two injury. Had broken ribs. No Corey Lindsley. Backups everywhere. And yet this team found a way in the following weeks to put it together. They snuck by a Falcons team. They hung tight with the 49ers. They hung tight with the Chiefs. They escaped the game with Arizona. It's an interesting story to the season because it was almost like just hang in there. Yep. Hang in there long enough because we're going to get our guys back. Now we see Mike Williams back looking amazing. Now we see mm-hmm. Keenan Allen back looking amazing. Herbert's healing. He looks great. And from everything we're hearing... Joey Bosa's coming back. Joey Bosa's coming back, and if you're going to give Nick Bosa the Defensive Player of the Year award and you're going to hand it to him now and call it, don't forget his brother's got some game too. (laughs) I look at that AFC playoff picture. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's playing in cold weather. Everybody's exhausted. Chargers, they they played in the Dome last night. They live in L.A. They're getting rested. They're getting healthy. I thought it was a great win last night. Uh, A Chargers team of old might have lost that game on national television. We would have said, same old Chargers. No, I was never in doubt. 20-3, to took care of business, and they're only getting healthier, which is a rarity in the NFL at this point in the season. Yeah, for sure. And to your point, give Brandon Staley a ton of credit because this team had been banged up, going through a ton. He kept them together, found ways to keep winning throughout the injuries. And last night's game, my goodness, their defense. Nick Foles getting an opportunity to get a start, Matt Ryan being benched, and he had no chance. They just got after him. A t- seven sacks in the game, him getting hit all night long. And this is a Colts offensive line that is the highest paid in the NFL wow. that have struggled this season. Coached by an offensive lineman. Yes, coached by an offensive lineman. And the Chargers took full advantage of it. Khalil Mack getting in there, getting his first sack since I think week 10. Kyle Van Noy is now three straight games with a sack. Their defense has come alive. That Miami game, we saw them and we're just like, well, what are we going to get? Miami, I just lost to San Francisco. Now they're up against the Chargers who have been struggling on defense and they have decided to shut the door. Three interceptions Exceptions last night on Nick Foles, the Colts were 0 of 10 on third down. Wow. Not one wow. third down conversion the entire game. So this Chargers team, they're they're hitting all their stride at the right time going into the playoffs, playing their best football, and to your point, Peter, getting healthy. And there's a ton of faith around this team. Van Noy tweeted after the game, give Staley some credit. Media wanted to crush him earlier in the year as they struggle. He's kept the troops together. He's kept them fighting. And through all the adversity, they're still getting it done. And now they're heading to the playoffs. Speaking Speaking of adversity, the Colts have had a handful of injuries Mm -hmm. throughout the season, but they were handed another one last night when Ashton Dolan was put into concussion protocol Mm -hmm. with a hit that he took from Derwin James. That was in the highlight. What did you think of it when you saw it? Those are are such tough plays in the NFL because that hit by Derwin James, of course, penalty, his, I could say posture, his posture when he makes his hit, his head is straight down, he hits him with the crown of his helmet. That's not only scary for Dolan, but it's also scary for Derwin James because you can get injured yourself making a play like that but for people at home and you see this playing you're just like my goodness Derwin James is a dirty player that's not true Derwin James is going to make a physical hit on a receiver to try to separate him from the football these are split second decisions that happen so fast as a defender you're aiming for the right thing you're going to make a play your target moves you move it is not something that is easy to do so when you see those plays don't assume that a guy's a dirty player or that he has ill intent when he's going 
going to make a play. He has ill intent in the sense of he wants to make a good football play, but sometimes these plays happen. We have no place for him in the game. We have to take him out of it, but don't think Derwin James is a dirty player because this play happened. He's trying to do it the right way, but in those split seconds, it's very hard to make those plays and do it legally sometimes. I always do a gut check with you when we see plays like this, and your defense often is he was going after the ball, and when the ball moves in the last second, that's oftentimes what he was intending to hit, and it just looks really, really terrible. But the Chargers, my goodness, this, I, I'll say it, I was, September, I was like, all right, Chargers, see you later. Like, it was injuries, losses. But then I think it was that second loss to the Chiefs mm-hmm. by a collective six points in those two games that kind of convinced me, like, wait a second, they hang around long enough, they can get the job done. Justin Herbert reaching the playoffs for the first time in his That's career, cool. yeah. proving himself, I think, finally. this He's got a long list, I think, to go of beyond his talent, which everybody raves about, as to why he deserved to be drafted where he was, has the accolades. People expected him in the Super Bowl this season. Check this one off the list. I felt like this probably is a monkey off his back in a year where there are a lot of narratives about the other quarterbacks in his draft class, a lot of other quarterbacks out-dueling each other in the AFC, and you kind of always say, like, well, wait, what about Justin Herbert? It's like, well, he hasn't done much yet to prove it. Statistically great. Arm talent looks great. But making it to the playoffs has to be such a sweet, sweet relief. Secondly, while this is his first, this is Keenan Allen's third trip to the playoffs, and I'm just happy for him. His mm-hmm. season started with a bad hamstring injury. He hung around, and now he's making a major impact over the last four games. Uh, Keenan Allen, 37 catches and 370 yards and a touchdown over the last four weeks. If that's not trending in the right direction, heading to a playoff push for the Chargers, I don't know what is. And huge third down conversions yes. against the Titans in that game last week. It was all about Keenan. Uh, I would also look at Brandon Staley. He was getting mocked online for doing, what's the yoga pose? What's it even called? Cat Cow. Cat Camel, Cat Cow. Cat Cow? Okay, so you didn't see the footage before the game. He's doing yoga guys, yoga things. You got to realize the Sharks were in the water for yes. Staley. Defensive coach, they were getting lit up. They gave up 38 points to the Jaguars. Yeah. They gave up 37 points to the Seahawks. And you're a defensive coach. That can't happen. Sean Payton lives in Los Angeles. Like Sean Payton is is the hot name. This all like yeah. to withstand that and keep that at arm's distance and to get to the playoffs with two weeks still remaining. Like it puts those rumors at bay. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Brandon Staley silenced a lot of critics over the past few weeks. And will he be the coach next year? I would assume yes, but barring some ridiculous collapse and something happens that the Spanos family says this guy can't be the one to lead us. But I thought that was a lot for a coach who, you know, there are a lot of whispers out in the league yep. saying that this, the, the L.A. Chargers job was Sean Payton's to be had. Yeah, you can tell how much the players love him, too. Yep. You can see the interactions and the relationships that's built amongst them. All right, it's been five months together on the show, and I think I'd be able to guess what Kyle would want to talk talk about in this next topic. Um, little, little GMFB business to get to. We want to credit Joe Buck, of course, and Troy Aikman. A couple of weeks ago, they put out a call to action that every network uses in the hunt. Well, we came up with our own column name for those teams who are trying to get into the playoffs. And uh, something happened last night on Monday Night Football. So we call it lurking. We call it lurking now, of course. And then two weeks ago, I'm pretty sure ESPN was using loitering. Loitering. And then last week they were calling it Call Me Maybe. A shout out to our girl Carly Rae Jessup. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, what happened last night? Let's take a listen. We look at the AFC playoff picture. Teams that are lurking on the far right. See the division leaders on the left. The Jaguars since we last met. Mr. Aikman have slipped into that top spot. 
No mention? Well, no. some people no were... No mention. Some people were... You know, but credit to Joe Buck, because he credit, put no, Kyle no, that, Plagiarism. No. Yes. Plagiarism. It started, but when we when we went she over it, we, we gave them... We, yeah, we put right, the sock, right. all of it. We gave Working them credit. is our word. Okay. Which is maybe why it was in quotes, which is why, you guys, we should have put the TM after it. Remember we were supposed to do that? Legal. Where's legal? Legal! <laughs> no, that's fantastic. We're, we're implementing change. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. We're, we're having a ripple effect on sports television coverage of the okay. NFL. And does okay. the person who put that in there want to tell the two announcers that Good Morning Football uses it every morning and we should probably give them credit? Come on, guys. Are we, we, are, are we, we having a sports thing. media beef? I'm ready to go. Joe and Troy. We got a gang up there. I got to punch up. <laughs> All right? No. I, no. I'm out. I'm out on that. Okay. I'm, I'm proud a Manicast guy. That's what I am. I'm <laughs> proud of it. Oh, God. All right. Let's get the latest from around the league. Like... ESPN using lurking and whatnot. No, there are bigger <laughs> there are bigger fish for Tom Pelissero to fry this morning. Tom, good morning. Quarterback news to discuss. Uh, unfortunately, really hard news for all of us to hear last night out of Miami, considering what Tua Tungavaloa has had to deal with already this season. Jamie, Tua Tungavailoa is back in the concussion protocol one day after he struggled down the stretch in a loss to the Packers. Coach Mike McDaniel said there were no signs of any symptoms during the game for Tua, but when he came in Monday morning, he did say that he was experiencing symptoms and immediately was placed into the concussion protocol. Hard to imagine Tua playing this week against the Patriots, given the history here, including a scary concussion back in week four that led to Tua being carted off the field in Cincinnati, missing the next couple of games here. Teddy Bridgewater will take the first team reps this week. McDaniel said the only concern at this point is about Tua, the human being, and make sure that they gather all the information to make sure that he is safe. In Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts' status is once again up in the air for their game on Sunday against the Saints. Coach Nick Sirianni said they're just taking it one day at a time with Hurts, who missed last week's game because of a sprain in his throwing shoulder, specifically an SC joint sprain. Hurts' initial hope was that he would miss only one game here, but again, we will see whether he participates in practice during the week. If not, Figures to be Gardner Minshew once again. And for the Jets, their quarterback is back. That is Mike White, who has been medically cleared after dealing with three fractured ribs and will start this weekend. Coach Robert Sala said the team is not giving up on Zach Wilson, but pretty clear at this point, it is Mike White's team for the duration here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Here's a look at the AFC playoff picture and now the NFC. All right, you got a handful of division leaders that are all locked up. Cowboys are in. It's just a matter of placement now for most of these teams. And then there's a couple of lurking teams that you really got to keep your eye on, particularly maybe that yellow and Kelly Green on the right <laughs> there, back in that, down in that bottom right corner. The Vikings should be feeling pretty good about themselves, though, having clinched the NFC North and even felt the need to throw some shade an entire state. Okay, the Vikings just tweeted out this, and my husband put it on his Instagram out of total pride, tweeting this. 
The Vikings are New York's favorite team. You know why? Because they swept the Bills, the Jets, and the Giants this season. Those are fighting words. All right, take it down. Take it off. Don't make them mad. Don't make them more angry. New York fans don't even know what the Vikings are. Yeah, that's what they're staking their claim to. The Jets and Giants are, are and the Bills are doing just fine. The Jets and Giants. We're not in New York. They're not in New Jersey. Okay, technicalities. Cool. Uh, The Vikings turn their attention now to a different state that they like to hold hatred for in the upper Midwest, and that is Wisconsin, as they prepare to face the Packers in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Critical is an easy word to use for a game like this. Which is odd because the Vikings have had it locked down for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. still a lot of impact when they play a team like Green Bay late in the season. Peter, what do you think about this? It's interesting because there's this this hatred between the Packers and the Vikings, and you want to say, let us be the team that puts you away. Let us go in there and knock them out. It's a double it's a it's a double sweet thing if we not only you know knock them out of the playoffs, but we get another win and we're closer to that two seed. But to me, Green Bay might as well be you know Arizona or Seattle or Jacksonville because. The Niners are coming, and I think that divisional round game is so important. The 49ers right now are one game behind the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings, if they lose and the the Niners win, the Niners would be the two seed because they have a better conference record, which is the second tiebreaker after head-to-head. They didn't play each other this year. I I think you have to block out all the personal and emotional and Rodgers this and all that, and as much as that's sweet, This is what you're focused on. You don't want to have to go to San Francisco. The Eagles are the one seed right now, and the Vikings can still find a way if the Eagles lose two and the Vikings win two. They can still get that, all right? They can still do that even though they lost to them head-to-head. It's still possible. But I'm looking at that 11-4 Niners team. If the Vikings lose and the Niners win, it would be the 49ers who would be the two seed and the Vikings the three seed. And you might say, oh, who cares? They're both playing home games. No, 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 no. Divisional round weekend? You don't want to go into San Francisco. You want to be playing that game in Minnesota, in your building, with your fans. San Francisco could be a house of horrors for the Vikings, and it was in the playoffs a few years ago when they knocked Kirk Cousins right out of the playoffs in the divisional round. I think you need to win. Yeah, the Rodgers thing and the Vikings and the Packers. I get it. I get it. You need to keep and stave off the 49ers. That's what's most important because mm-hmm. you're thinking bigger picture than just petty, hey, these are the Packers. we got to beat them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm leaning all the way into the Green Bay Packers thing because to me, yes, if they have to go on a roll to the 49ers, it's not ideal. You like to play as many home games as possible, but for this Minnesota Vikings team to get to where they want to get, they're going to have to go on the road at some point anyway unless the Eagles drop the next two games. So whether it's going to the link where they lost earlier in the season or heading to San Francisco, they're going to have to go on the road to win a game but this Green Bay Packers team they have they have an opportunity to sweep them when both games in the in the season they haven't done that since 2009 they did it in 2017 but Rodgers didn't play in one of those games in the other game he got injured only attempted four passes back in 2009 wow. was the last time they did so Jared Allen out there Brett Favre was the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings you see Adrian Peterson out there so many guys you haven't seen and Sante Shanko Shanko out there Bernard Barry was one of the Sydney Rice. My goodness. So you have a chance to do something that you haven't done in a very long time in a division where Aaron Rodgers is always talking about he owns the division. He beats Minnesota. He beats Chicago. And you have a chance not only to ruin their season, but to sweep them, to do something that you haven't done in a very long time. And that is a ton of fun. Division teams, you hate each other. There's no love loss between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers as Percy Harvin is hauling one in over the yeah. middle. So 
So this is a critical game. You're going to have to go on the road anyway in the playoffs to do what you want to do. But you have a chance to send Green Bay home with a big smile on your face and sweep them within the season. A beautiful thing if you're a Minnesota Vikings player. Doesn't that kind of seem like Aaron Rodgers would have the personality that he wants to be like a splinter under someone's skin? He's yeah. like, I'm just going to get there and I'm just going to weasel my way further in. That's what the Packers, the Packers are fighting, don't get me wrong, but that's easily what they could do to the Vikings this weekend. Listen, 12-3 and three is a very pretty number. You know what else was? 8-1, and one, and that's what the Vikings were before they played the Cowboys in November, which... This is what I want to remind you all. feels good to have these game-winning field goal wins over the last two weeks. You know what doesn't feel good? A home blowout loss against the Cowboys. Because I want to remind everybody how easily it can slip away from you in November. How easily someone could come into your house, sack your quarterback seven times, outrush you 450 yards to 180 at home. Now you're telling me you want to go to Lambeau? on January 1st and you want to start your 2023 off with a lot of different resolutions. I want to get my summer bod going. I'm going to start working on it. No. Take care of business. You have to go to Green Bay. This is going to be hard. It's not like the Packers are down and out and the only thing they're playing for is to ruin your season. They're playing for their own season (laughs) which to me feels a little bit it feels more dangerous than what if if the Packers were out already mathematically eliminated. This is really tricky. These two teams have a beautiful and scary history between the two of them, but I just wanted to show that highlight for as much as it might hurt to see after the last couple of (laughs) celebratory weeks you've had, Vikings fans. Remember how easily it can be taken. Let me me go into the psyche of the Vikings fan, and I'll use you. And Tom Pelissero grew up in Minnesota. He doesn't really say he's a Vikings fan per se. He's aware. He's aware of it. Not inferiority, but the Packers... Franchise has four Super Bowls. Rodgers has owned this decade. Favre owned the decade before that. Like, is there, do you feel like that's the big brother in a little bit of a way or heck no? I think um, easily Vikings fans like very defensive about this. Like, well, Kirk Cousins is a Packer beater. It's like, wow, you really came up with that stat quickly. It's like, if you're that quick Mm -hmm. to draw on something just of recent history to defend your stance, like, no, 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 we don't feel inferior to them. It's kind of like, wow, you really came up with that answer. What would the loss feel like for a Vikings fan if you go in there and and Rodgers? Unfortunately, it would be a feeling that many already know. Yeah. that they take something from you late in the season. Now, they still make the playoffs, but yeah. it's so deflating. We've talked about the balloon slowly eking air for the teams in New York. It would start there. It would be this pinprick that if things don't go well in January for the Vikings, yeah, you could look back at that loss and say that is the problem. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football, and Tom Pelissero is back with more news. Of course, we all learned that yesterday the Broncos have waved goodbye to their first-year head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Tom, how did this transpire in Denver? Well, Jamie, the Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett one day after a blowout embarrassing loss on Christmas Day to the Rams in which there was fighting on the sidelines and a little bit of fighting on the field after the game as well. Jerry Rosberg is going to take over on an interim basis, longtime special teams coach who was brought aboard to help out with game management. For Hackett, he was supposed to, along with Russell Wilson, usher in a new age of Broncos football. That combination, however, just never seemed to click. Wilson endured 
during the toughest season of his NFL career. So he is fully guaranteed. Russell Wilson is through the 2024 season on his contract. The Broncos were not as committed to Nathaniel Hackett. So Hackett out. Wilson stays. Job one for the new coach that they will now search for is clearly fixing Russ. Peter. Tom, thank you. We're going to use that as our peg for a segment we call We In or We Out. We know how good you are during the coaching hiring cycle, but we're going to bring it back here to the table here in New York because it's very rare uh, that you see a coach get fired midseason. Yesterday, the Broncos ended the Hackett era early by firing the first-year head coach before he could even finish 17 weeks as the coach. Take a look at this right here. This, this, is, a, this is a list of men that is not one of great dignitaries. Um, this is the only head coach that have been fired mid-season in their first year since 1970. Just three. A lot of people might say Denver is not an attractive job for a head coach, but there are certainly some who would say that it's a great job for any head coach. And there's one big name that is looming in every head coaching vacancy, and that is Mr. Sean Payton. Here is the statement. Sean Payton should consider the Broncos' head coaching job. We in or we out, Jason? I am out. Sean Payton, you said, is living in L.A. I see him every week, Sunday mornings, on Fox with yourself, living a great life, doing TV. If he's going to come back to coaching, I do not think Denver is the job for him. They just paid Russell Wilson a ton of money. They gave up draft capital in order to get him over from Seattle. On top of that, Sean Payton retired from the Saints, so all the talk and chatter is that he'll have to be he'll have to be a trade package to get him to become the next head coach. The Broncos don't have a ton of trade capital after Russell Wilson, so for Payton to get there, they have to give up more of that and come in and try to fix what's already there. Yes, this guy is a brilliant offensive mind, showed that for so many years coaching, so he might be able to do something with Russell Wilson, but if I'm him, why? I'm going to have the pick of the litter. Every job that comes open, he'll have probably first options if he wants to go there. I'm kind of waiting in to see if I'm Sean Payton. I'm so far in on this Ooh, happening like this. for Sean Payton. You know why, Peter? I think he looks bored on Sunday mornings. Okay. I think he has things tired that he of needs to trades. give. Tired of seeing working with Schrager every that's morning. It. He's like, who is this guy that I've stayed next to? You guys can empathize? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that's just once a week. We got to do five days a week. Sean Payton, like, L.A.? Really? I know I know you need a little bit more thrill and excitement. Mm. I think you need some mile-high fun, okay, with the Broncos. And let me tell you about this super coaching team that everyone has heard that you are going to put together. The ownership group, the Walton family, $60 billion. They can put together whoever you want on that coaching roster, if you will, please, all right? They have a fantastic and diverse ownership group that welcomes personalities and experience, and I know that's costly, but if you want whatever income you need in Denver, they have it for you. You might be bored working next Traeger every week, but go back and get that dime. What do we say? He's gonna, you got to get paid, gotta get right? Paid. got to get paid. All right, Sean Payton, go. Go get – because what jobs are going to come up in a better city than Denver? Better city or better team? Well, this actually, I think, is a good confluence of pretty talented team with, I think, not the right coaching fit this year. I think Sean Payton might be. You know, it's interesting. They have very deep pockets. I think that's fair to say. We're not talking about other people's money, but the the Penner family and the Waltons, they have unlimited funds, so they can buy out anything. If you want to buy out, you know, any contract you can, they could pay Sean Payton anything. I would also add this. That's a pretty darn good fan base. Like, yeah. that is not a fan base you need to, you know, you know awaken Advanced. and stir the echoes. Like, they're ready to go. They are fully cooked. Uh, I'll add a couple other things. Uh, Sean Payton lives in Idaho a lot of the time of the year. That's in the mountains. It's close enough to Denver. There might be something there. Uh, and the Russell Wilson thing is interesting. Is Russell done? Like, I'm watching him this season. That guy's cooked. He's got to... Or is 
Sean Payton watching Russell Wilson and saying, like, no, 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 I've played against this guy for a decade, and it's just he needs the right coach in his ear. Mm. Um, unlimited funds, great fan base. He's The report that Adam Schefter had was that he's bringing Vic Fangio with him as a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I'm not going to uh, you know, confirm or deny that. I'd say this. Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator slash head coach, head coach. Yes. of the Denver Broncos. Yes. He knows it well. Um, it's certainly something to explore. I would ask you, just uh, calling it like it is, yeah. if the Carolina job is open with no quarterback at the moment, all free agents, or the Denver job is open, both very wealthy owners, both who might be looking to pursue Sean Payton, yeah. Carolina or Denver, what's the better situation right now? If I'm Sean Payton or if I'm a head coach, I might be looking to go to Carolina for a clean slate. I can figure out what my next option is going to be at quarterback and build around that opposed to coming into Denver. And I already know Russ is going to be my quarterback for however many years he has a guaranteed contract. And that's something that you have to build around and figure out. So I think you go into Carolina, they've been through some things. Steve Wilkes has been able to turn this around to the point where they're in playoff contention. So there's some good mojo going on, some good culture being built, but you get a clean slate. You get to walk in there and say, you know what? Hey, I'm looking at this guy or that guy to become my next quarterback. Peter, remember a couple weeks ago, that's, or a couple years ago, that story that came out where um, Alvin Kamara like snowboarding yeah. in Montana, and he's yeah. like, don't worry, I declare it with my coach. Like, oh yeah, he's fine with the winter snowbird life, <laughs> alright? Like, Sean Payton's made for Denver, come on! The, the rumored destination for Payton would be to stay at Fox in LA and wait this one out for mm-hmm. one more year. Um, going back to New Orleans, though, Dennis Allen's got his team hot, and I don't know if that would be as clean as it seems, but whoever does sign Sean Payton, they would have to trade with the Saints as he is still under contract with New Orleans. Does he like TV? He loves TV, and I think he is loving the life that he has uh, spending time with his wife and enjoying the time off, but I, I, I watch games with this guy every weekend. There's certainly an itch <laughs> to get back. He's not done coaching. Um, speaking of the itch to get back, we're coming right out of this thing with retirement news. And the Bengals might have gotten the win over New England in Week 16, but they suffered a huge loss with Lyle Collins, their left tackle or right tackle, going down with an injury on Sunday. Yesterday, I put an idea out there in the ether. Take a watch. How cool would it be, Andrew Whitworth, if you? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Whitworth. I know you're watching. How cool would it be if you came back? Want to ring with the Rams last year? Come back with the Bengals. You're six foot seven. Just kind of stand here. You don't have to. We're not looking for you to be an All Pro, mm-hmm. and you get a ring with the Bengals as well. Andrew Whitworth, this is a call to arms. Mm-hmm. We need you back on the field in those Cincinnati stripes. What do you say? All right, and this went wild on Twitter because all the Bengals <laughs> fans were like, "Hell yeah!" Here's the statement: I should quit bothering Andrew Whitworth to return to the Bengals and just let the dude stay retired and enjoy his post, post-playing life. We in or we out? I'm out. Who says you're bothering him? Whit probably enjoys it. He's I'm a friend of the, of the show. He came on. And look, Josh Norman signed with the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Guy going back to his original team after leaving for greener pastures. He's going back. Whitworth was drafted in 2006 this past week, and we saw Mercedes Lewis, yeah. another 2006 draft pick, making a big, long catch down the sideline. Whit, it is time. Shrake said it yesterday. You fulfilled your commitment. Amazon have done an excellent job, and it's going to be there next year. It's not going anywhere. Go out there. There's two more weeks left in He's the blocking season. blocking Sean Merriman in that clip. Sean Merriman. I mean, My goodness. It. Whitworth played for a long time. Long time. Very long time. I went back. I was looking at the Jared 2006 Allen. draft. I was like, my goodness. All of these guys, they've been retired. Witt's still doing it. Well, Kent's still doing it. He can. So you're, all, you're out on this too, right, Jamie? Uh... Uh, I'm in. I'm in on Peter. Stop bothering me. Oh, really? <laughs> Let him be? Stressful to consider that these guys, who can have such a fantastic NFL career, can just leave the game 
insert themselves into sports television and be great and then go back whenever they damn well please. No, this is not okay. Okay, you committed to the TV path. If Carissa loses a teammate after the first season, you know how she's going to feel on Thursday Night Football? Come on, Witt. I think, I think as true linemen... Finish the string. Yeah. Last game as, is this week. I think as true linemen go, I'm sure Witt was happy to maybe shave some pounds uh, immediately in Looks retirement. Great. Great. I just don't know if he wants to put that weight back on. He looked great. He seemed happy. He had his family with him in New York when he was on set with us last week. Peter, stop bothering the man. I, okay, I think you're just pot stirrer. These two questions. Am. I'm in on Peter Trigger being a pot stirrer. Yeah, and I think Whitworth should come back. I think, uh, <laughs> he, should, he should make some demands. He should demand a table at Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse, which mm, is the number one steakhouse really in town. Good. No good. matter what, forever. He should have part ownership of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, oh, he should nice. be able to go to any Cincinnati Bearcats game he wants, basketball or football, beyond the sidelines. <laughs> yep. um, and I think that he should be able to, to pick the team's you know, next draft pick in the first round next year. I think that's fair. Those are the terms I would do if I'm Whitworth. But finish the job this week. Do Titans, do Cowboys. Come back and go block for Joe Burrow, a fellow LSU Tiger. Mm, oh, it would be so See you all there, I always love that you lead with the table at the restaurant. Yeah. I think that's really important. important. Soto, a great Italian restaurant. Since <laughs> Shout out. Nice. Soto, it's fantastic. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.